Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Do you want a bra that's sexy? or a bra that's comfortable. Thanks to 3rd Love, you can have both. 3rd Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. Hey y'all, it's Beth here for a pantsuit primer on the Supreme Court. If you are a new Pantsuit Politics listener, welcome and thank you for joining us. Our primer episodes we put out sporadically to sort of level set before we get into a more in-depth opinion discussion of a topic. So here in a primer, I, I intend to spend about 15 minutes with you just talking about the Supreme Court and leave my opinion at the door as much as I can. Now, that being said, I'm not an expert on anything and I'm a human full of biases, so they may come through, uh, but I'll do my best to keep this just about the facts. Okay, so we'll kind of go back to civics class for a minute on the Supreme Court. As you know, the Supreme Court consists of a chief justice and associate justices. What you might not know is that we have nine total justices by statute, not under the Constitution. Congress has the power to determine the number of associate justices. So right now, Congress has done that through 28 U.S.C. Section 1, but Congress could change its mind at some point. 
The power to nominate justices rests in the president under Article 3, Section 1 of the Constitution. The president has to seek the Senate's advice and consent, which we'll talk more about in just a moment. The Constitution also says that Supreme Court justices will stay in office during periods of good behavior and that their compensation can't be reduced while they're in office. The Supreme Court only has original jurisdiction, meaning that the the matter can be filed in the first instance in the Supreme Court for cases impacting ambassadors, public ministers, and consuls. There's also an exception for when a state shall be party to the action. That's a little bit of a rabbit hole that we won't go down in this primer. More often, the Supreme Court exercises appellate jurisdiction, meaning a case has already been heard in a lower court and the Supreme Court is hearing it as the final arbiter of the matter. There are two types of jurisdiction that federal courts have. Um, so this is just to make the point that federal courts can't hear every dispute on earth. They have to have specific jurisdiction and there are two broad categories for that jurisdiction. Federal question cases are those arising under the Constitution, federal laws, and treaties, and then cases that involve a diversity of citizenship among the parties. And that is sort of CivPro 1 for most law students, and your head can start spinning in the diversity of citizenship cases. But suffice it to say that usually the Supreme Court is hearing a case that is appropriately decided by the Supreme Court and that has already been passed on by lower courts. Congress has also given the Supreme Court power to make procedural rules for lower federal courts, so it exercises that authority as well. The court's term starts on the first Monday in October and lasts until the first Monday in October the next year. And in the course of a typical term, the court will receive seven to 8,000 petitions uh, plus 1,200 applications that can be acted on by a single justice. Of those seven to 8,000 cases, the court chooses to hear about 80 in a typical year. Just procedurally, once the court decides to hear a matter, the matter goes into the briefing phase. So clerks will review the arguments made by lawyers and prepare memos for the justices. The justices then review those memos, and then we go to oral argument. Each party has 30 minutes for its oral argument, and that 30 minutes includes questions from the justices. So if you think about the complexity of the matters hitting the United States Supreme Court, 30 minutes of oral argument is not a long time. During oral argument, the justices sit in order of seniority with the chief justice in the center of the room. And after oral arguments, the, the justices kind of chart out initial impressions of votes, have a meeting to cast their votes. And then the senior justice on the winning side assigns a justice to write the majority opinion. That majority opinion gets circulated among the majority voting justices, and they all suggest revisions until the opinion is ready to go. It's been said that some opinions get circulated up to a hundred times before they're actually published. The author of the majority opinion summarizes the decision from the bench, and at that point the case becomes part of our body of constitutional law. The role of the court in the United States is really unique in the world. Very few countries vest as much power in their judiciaries as we do in the United States. 
there is a lot of debate over what the role of our federal judiciary should be. Many academics point to discussions from Alexander Hamilton's writings and others that the founders always planned for the judiciary to have the power at least to strike down laws inconsistent with the Constitution. The founders did limit the power of courts by the cases and controversies language in the Constitution. So this means that courts can't just make pronouncements. They can't issue what are known as advisory opinions. They have to act on actual facts before them among parties with actual stakes in the outcome of resolving the conflicts. And the court is typically supposed to be applying or interpreting existing law. John Marshall, an early chief justice of the court, said that the court's job is to say what the law is, and that caused great controversy at the time and continues to do so. Now, when you think about the Supreme Court as the protector of the Constitution, it's important to just step back and remember that all three branches of government have that responsibility. The president, as the executive, is supposed to veto legislation that's inconsistent with the Constitution. And Congress members take an oath to uphold the Constitution, so they should be voting against any legislation that's inconsistent with the Constitution. However, this balance of power has really swung to where the judiciary has the the final say in protecting the Constitution. We've had presidents and members of Congress on record saying things like, well, I think part of this law might be unconstitutional, but I defer to the Supreme Court. And that's where you have scholars really talking about judicial activism. So critics of judicial activism say essentially this. The Supreme Court is supposed to strike down laws that are inconsistent with the Constitution and uphold laws that are consistent with the Constitution, regardless of what they think about those laws. Some believe that instead, the court has taken on the role of striking down laws that are bad policy and upholding laws that are good policy and saying whatever they need to say about the Constitution to get to the result that they're looking for. There are proponents of judicial activism, however, who say that, no, the role of the Supreme Court is really to protect the country from the tyranny of the majority, and the court should interpret the Constitution as a living document that can change with our social understandings, and it's good that the court is taking the liberty to look at what's good policy and bad policy under a more evolved version of the Constitution. This feels like a new debate, but it's really not. It goes all the way back to Thomas Jefferson and John Marshall, and will probably continue throughout our country's history. The current court is occupied by eight justices. We have a vacancy following the death of Antonin Scalia. I want to just run through the current court and their ages and who appointed them, because I think that sets the stage for why the court is so important in this election. Justice Anthony Kennedy was appointed by Ronald Reagan. He served for 28 years and is 80 years old. Justice Clarence Thomas was appointed by George H.W. Bush. He has served for 24 years, almost 25, and is 68 years old. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg was appointed by Bill Clinton. She is 83 years old and has been serving on the court for 23 years. Justice Stephen Breyer was appointed by Bill Clinton. He is 78 years old and has served for 22 years. 
Chief Justice John Roberts was appointed by George W. Bush. He has served for 11 years and is 61 years old. Justice Samuel Alito is 66 years old. He was appointed by George W. Bush and has served for 10 years. Justice Sonia Sotomayor was appointed by President Obama. She has served for seven years and is 62 years old. And then there's Justice Elena Kagan. She's 56 years old, the young whippersnapper of the court appointed by President Obama, and she's been on the court for six years. So just when you hear the length of tenure and ages of the current justices, And also in light of remarks by Justice Thomas suggesting that he'll choose to retire relatively soon, you can understand why choosing a president who will have the power to nominate justices is a big deal. The president nominates someone to fill a Supreme Court vacancy, and the Constitution says that the president must seek the advice and consent of the Senate. In the modern era, that means a lengthy Senate confirmation process. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality but not salon priced manicure, Olive and June has you covered. We've talked about Olive and June's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are gonna last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and June also has press-ons if you want. What I love though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors. And I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsuit for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pantsy. Just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. 
They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. So once the president announces his or her choice, the person fills out a lot of paperwork, the FBI conducts a background check, and the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is a bipartisan committee currently consisting of 20 members, investigates. And typically the nominee does courtesy calls on Capitol Hill to meet with individual senators. We have media bonanza hearings. The nominee gets answered a ton of questions about their ba- their past and their ideology and, you know, law review articles they authored 30 years ago. And then the committee members of the Judiciary Committee vote on the nominee. Their assessment doesn't matter a lot because the nomination is typically sent to the full Senate for a vote, regardless of what they think. You should know that in 2013, Senate Democrats amended filibuster rules to require only a simple majority to end the debate on executive branch nominations and federal judicial appointments. However, you still need 60 senators to confirm a Supreme Court appointment. Nominations fail infrequently. There have been in our country's history now 161 nominations to the Supreme Court. 117 appointees were confirmed and served. Seven declined. Twelve were rejected. Twelve withdrew. Three were postponed and no action was taken nine times. In the 20th century, we've had 59 confirmed justices, five rejected, four withdrawals, and no action taken on one nominee. So we have a 4-4 court now. A split decision upholds the ruling of the lower court, and tradition holds that the court usually issues a very short per curiam decision that just says something like, the judgment is affirmed by an equally divided court. When that happens, those per curiam decisions, the opinion is issued under the court's name instead of by individual justices. Justices can attach dissenting opinions if they'd like to. Okay, I wanted to tell you just a little bit about the types of cases the court chooses to hear and why the court's power has so much significance attached to it. Just in the month of October in this term, the court is looking at the standard of proof in bank fraud cases, the effect of vacating an unconstitutional conviction in a double jeopardy case, the standard of proof in insider trading cases, the standard of review on an ineffective assistance of counsel claim. There's a Fourth Amendment case before the court. There is a patent infringement damages award uh, review related to Samsung versus Apple. There is a case called Pena Rodriguez versus Colorado, where the court will consider whether a no impeachment rule constitutionally may bar evidence of racial bias offered to prove a violation of the Sixth Amendment right to an impartial jury. And then there's a sentencing issue on restitution. So that's just the month of October. 
There are a couple other cases that I wanted to mention coming up in this term that are likely to be sort of a big deal. The main one is Trinity Lutheran Church of Columbia versus Pauley. The state of Missouri gives grants to nonprofits to install rubber playground surfaces to make playgrounds safer for kids to play on. Trinity Lutheran Church applied for one of those grants, and Missouri denied the application because Missouri says that its constitution will not allow it to support religious institutions with public dollars. The Supreme Court has previously held that states can refuse to give publicly funded scholarships to students studying theology, so it'll be interesting to see whether that logic carries through in this case or if we'll have a different result here. But this is definitely one to watch. There is a case that involves the National Labor Relations Board and President Obama's appointment of an acting general counsel. The person served as acting general counsel while also being a nominee for a permanent position. And in this action, the defendant, who has been accused of unfair labor practices, has said, look, under a statute, This person can't serve as acting general counsel while waiting for his nomination for the permanent position. There is also an interesting property rights case out of Wisconsin under the takings clause. That's about when the state can either actually take property for public use or do something that renders the property worthless. And in this case, there are two separate pieces of land that adjoin one another and have common owners. And the owners are saying that for purposes of the takings analysis, the property should be thought of as one single piece of land. So it'll be, that that's kind of a, a law school nerdy case, but it is interesting and it could have a lot of ramifications down the road. I had to quote Elizabeth Slattery and Tiffany Bates at Heritage because they described this uh, copyright case so beautifully. So this is Star Athletica versus Varsity Brands. Cheerleading uniforms have sparked numerous controversies throughout sports history, but this term, lawyers at the Supreme Court have called them the most vexing, unresolved question in copy law. You know, essentially, cheerleading uniforms have all kinds of patterns that resemble copyrighted designs, but uniforms themselves can't be copyrighted, so it creates all sorts of issues, and the court's going to wrestle with those. On a more serious note, there are capital punishment cases before the court in this term that deal with defendants who have intellectual disabilities and how a state is supposed to determine if a defendant is ineligible for capital punishment due to those disabilities. And there's also a racial gerrymandering voting rights case out of Virginia. Before I wrap up, I feel compelled to share with you just one sentence or two on Bush versus Gore. So we have a range of ages among our listeners. I know some of you remember this like it was yesterday, and this might be uh, a little bit more explanation of something that you've only tangentially heard about for others. In the 2000 presidential election, Al Gore, the Democratic nominee, won the popular vote, and George W. Bush, the Republican nominee, won the Electoral College. He won only because of the state of Florida, and the margin of victory in Florida was just a few hundred votes in a state with millions of people voting. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement 
and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There were reports of enormous problems with ballots in Florida. There were confusing ballots. There were ballots that you couldn't figure out who someone had voted for. The news was dominated by the story of hanging chads, like little pieces of paper were supposed to be punched to show the votes, and they weren't punched all the way, maybe. So, I mean, it was it was just a mess. And there were legitimate questions about who actually won the popular vote in the state of Florida. So Al Gore's people petitioned for a recount, and George Bush's people opposed that idea. 
the state of Florida has this hard deadline for announcing the final results of its election, and there is no mechanism under Florida law to move that deadline. So if a recount were going to happen, it had to start quickly. The Florida Supreme Court decided in favor of Al Gore and ordered the recount to be completed, but they only ordered to recount certain districts. So the Bush people appealed to the United States Supreme Court in a 5-4 decision. The court said that the state Supreme Court of Florida violated the U.S. Constitution by ordering the recount only in certain districts. They also said that the recount had been tainted by shifting methods of vote counting. And these things together violate the equal protection guarantees of the 14th Amendment. The court also said there was no way to hold an acceptable recount by the final election deadline. So it basically said, show's over. George Bush has won the state, and as a result, the national election. And this decision came out a month, a full month, after the rest of the country had cast and counted ballots. This decision is hugely controversial for many reasons. There are a number of people who think the court never should have interfered in this case to start with. Others said, look, this case split on party lines. You can't make heads or tails of the decisions. There are two majority opinions and four minority opinions filed and different reasons in each of those opinions. So the rationale here is very difficult to follow in any coherent sort of way, making this case one that will go down as one of the most heavily disputed decisions the Supreme Court has ever issued. And the ramifications of it are obviously enormous. And that is an excellent reason to perhaps worry about the fact that we have Merrick Garland sitting after President Obama's nomination and no action being taken and a, an eight-member court going into the November election. We'll talk more about that and what a President Hillary Clinton or a President Donald Trump might do with the Supreme Court on Tuesday's episode. Until then, keep it nuanced, y'all.